In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Feast of All Saints is a time for the church to gather and to remember the people who have gone before us, who, as St. Paul said, fought the good fight and have finished the race. And saints are not one type of person, but many and various. There are saints who have died as old men and women. Other saints have died relatively young, some even in their teenage years. Some were extremely well known in their day, while others lived in relative obscurity. Some lived the life of a bishop, or a priest, or a deacon, or a monk. Many have been nuns, and a few have been hermits. And there are plenty of saints who were simple lay folk, the holy, common people of God who lived a life that the church considers to be worthy of pointing out. Some we call martyrs, those who have died or witnessed to the faith through their death. Other saints we call confessors, not because they heard many confessions, but because they confessed the faith of Christ crucified in their life and their piety. The question that often gets asked is, how do you become a saint? Or, what makes someone a saint? And the answer is somewhat complicated when we overthink it or when we try to assign a ton of labels to people who have died in their faith. So let me give you a quick rule or guide to sainthood in the church. It is two easy steps. Step one, if you are a Christian and you have died, then you are a saint. Step two, if you are a Christian and you are currently alive on earth, then you are a saint. So, congratulations. I am looking out at a group of saints, and you are looking up here into the chancel, and you can see several more. Since the early days of the church, we have recognized that certain people strive to be holy, strive to live the most perfect example of a Christian life there is. And in recognizing these people, we have decided as the universal church that these men and women were worth holding in high esteem. We have learned from them, read their letters and their books, analyzed their lives, and see things in them that, while extraordinary, are things that everyday people like you and me can do. And believe it or not, we can even learn from some of their own failings. And we have given them the honorific title of saint with a capital letter S to know who we are talking about. For example, there is Saint Peter, the rock of the church, by tradition the first bishop of Rome, and someone who died a martyr's death. There is St. Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament epistles and was perhaps the most 
traveled of the missionaries of the first century church. Then there's St. John, who was a disciple, an apostle, wrote a gospel, three letters, and a book of Revelation, who was also the teacher of Ignatius and Polycarp, two more saints, who both met martyrs' death. And we can travel just like that on down through the centuries. At some point, though, the Roman church began to call a process canonization to determine whether someone could truly be considered a saint with that capital letter S. It is a long and lengthy process, and it sometimes is called into question. We as Anglicans and Episcopalians have a different process that is also lengthy, but is also somewhat more democratic, if I can use that term. Through our process, the Episcopal Church has added saints to our liturgical calendar. If you thumb through your prayer book between pages 19 and 30, you will find most of the saints that are currently recognized by us as Episcopalians. There are some other resources that we use too, but you can ask me about those after the liturgy. If you look in January, you will find Phillips Brooks, who, was, who we remember on January 23rd, Bishop of Massachusetts, Rector of Trinity Church Copley Square in Boston. He was not only one of the most well-known preachers in the United States in his day, but also the author of the Christmas Carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Saints aren't perfect people. Saint Jerome translated the Bible into Latin, what we call the Vulgate. But Jerome, the patron saint of scholars who we, re who we remember and celebrate on September 30th, was known to be irascible and to have a harsh temper and even as a priest and a monk in Bethlehem could fly into a rage at being crossed or if someone didn't produce the work that he demanded. But Jerome was also one of the first to repent and ask for forgiveness and lived with that constant struggle of sin and loving God like many of us do. There is another American saint who is known for changing the lives of millions of people. So influential was this man that his statue is found on the front of Westminster Abbey in London as one of the 20th century martyrs of the church. On March 31st, 1968, this man even preached a sermon at Washington National Cathedral and then traveled to Memphis. Less than a week later, on April 4th, 1968, now Saint Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated by an assassin's bullet. You might be surprised to know that we even have a person from this very diocese who is recognized as a saint 
by the Episcopal Church of the United States. Artemisia Bowden was an African-American school administrator and founded St. Philip's College in San Antonio. She was asked by Bishop James Steptoe Johnson to come to South Texas in 1902 to take over a small school this diocese had begun for African-Americans following the Civil War. One of the tragic things that occurred was during the Great Depression, when both the National Church and the Diocese of West Texas renounced any financial responsibility for the school in 1934, which brought it seriously close to being foreclosed upon and losing all of its assets. Using about one half of her inheritance from her father, seeking assistance from families and friends, and fighting for eight years, Dr. Bowden was able to secure the financial viability of the college. She died in 1969 at the age of 90 and is buried just across the bay where we are sitting in Corpus Christi at the columbarium of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd. In 2015, the General Convention of the Episcopal Church voted in favor of including her in a great cloud of witnesses, a trial issue book, and it is expected that in one of the next conventions, either this summer or in the next three years, Dr. Bowden will be added to the new edition of Lesser Feasts and Fasts. And all the new printings of the prayer book in its current edition will begin to then include her name on August 18th, St. Artesimia Bowden. So, what made these few examples I gave you just now saints? Well, first is their devotion and love of Christ. Second, their devotion and love for their fellow man. They were not perfect. No one is. Some saints have had terrible struggles with sin even depression. Others have had to overcome temptations to which they continued to fail. Some, like St. Paul and St. Jerome, we might not want to invite to our home for dinner. Who knows what might happen if they came. But their zeal for Christ remained undimmed. And they were all holy people. People set apart by God for purposes that we can't completely understand nor fathom. I encourage you to learn about the saints. Start with ones you know. St. Christopher, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and so on. If you are employed or if you have retired, 
figure out who the patron saint of your occupation is. St. Michael and St. George for police officers and military personnel. St. Cecilia for musicians. St. Ivo for lawyers. Learn about the saint who at the Council of Nicaea punched the heretic Arius in the face and knocked out a tooth. Now he rides in a sleigh pulled by flying reindeer and delivers presents to little boys and little girls. Yes, learn about the real Saint Nicholas of Myra, a true defender of the faith. And learn what made them holy, but also what made them human, just like us. Learn from their examples. Many of them led hard and difficult lives. And from the lessons you learn from them, maybe you too can become more saint-like. After all, we are the saints. Let us use their good examples as a guide to help draw us closer to our blessed Lord and his will for us. <clears throat> In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.